Private Lender Podcast, Episode 100. The Private Lender Podcast quote of the day comes to us from Zig Ziglar, who said, It's not the situation, but whether we react negative or respond positive to the situation that's important. This is the Private Lender Podcast, the show that shares practical advice and know-how for new and seasoned lenders, from private mortgages on single-family houses to joint ventures on commercial projects and beyond. Discover details about investment vehicles that you won't find at your local bank or online broker. Listen and learn from private lenders and real estate investors, as well as from professionals and entrepreneurs, as they share the details, strategies, and the insight that allows for successful and prosperous lending. Now, get ready to increase your ROI. Here's your host, Keith Baker. Hello, everyone, and greetings from the energy capital of the world inside the coronavirus Earth. And welcome to episode 100 of the Private Lender Podcast. That's right, baby, 100. I'm your host, Keith Baker, and I'd like to thank you for celebrating 100 episodes with me today. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you sharing your time with me. The Private Lender Podcast is the only podcast dedicated to teaching everyday people just like you and me how to prosper with the most passive form of real estate investing known to mankind. Not a job, not hard money lending investing while giving you tips and ideas that can help and will keep your money safe. Look, it's just as simple. If you're looking for practical tips and advice on being a successful private lender or on how to create wealth without banks or Wall Street, then you are in the right place. But if you want to learn from my mistakes so that you can avoid them and therefore shorten your own learning curve, which is what you should do, well then pull up a chair, my friend, and pour yourself a dram of the best because the Private Lender Podcast is made just for you. In honor of today's 100-episode milestone, I bring back my first ever guest, all the way back from episode number one, Mr. Stephen Kaufman. Today's interview was recorded several weeks before the coronavirus became a pandemic and a fixture of reality in everyone's mind. But as you listen, I believe you will find an extreme, no, I know you will find an extreme amount of value out of what Stephen discusses, particularly these three topics, faith, fear, and integrity. I can't think of anyone outside of my own family who has had a bigger impact on changing my mindset for the better than Stephen. And that's why I've brought him back here to help me work on my mindset as you get to listen, to give me a a bit of perspective in order to achieve the next level, whatever that may be, especially during the challenging times in which we find ourselves. I'm very fortunate that I was delayed in this. I think this is perfect timing for episode 100. I asked Stephen to speak about a couple of concepts that may be providing a lot of negative thoughts in your own mind in hopes that his words will cut through the noise and give you some ammunition to change and, and improve yourself, because I know Stephen has done the same for me. And for the record, to my knowledge, <laughs> Stephen Kaufman does not have a drug problem. It's a, it's a colloquialism, but it is. I asked him to tell the story of how he developed a drug problem, which is probably my favorite story of achievement, the making up of one's mind and committing to a cause and taking action, the action necessary to achieve goals, uh, whether they be financial, personal, spiritual, or related to any pursuit for which you feel it's worthy. Maybe you want to communicate more effectively. Maybe you want to have better relationships with your children or your spouse. Maybe you want to have a retirement that allows you to travel. Whatever makes you tick, man, it doesn't matter. So let's go ahead and cut to the chase. Let's get to this interview with Dr. Stephen Kaufman on this 100th episode of the Private Lender Podcast. Linder Nation, it is my distinct honor to introduce to you once again, Mr. Stephen Kaufman of Zeus Mortgage. Welcome back, Stephen, to the Private Lender Podcast. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me, Keith. And first, I should say I misintroduced you there because you were Stephen Kaufman the last time we spoke on the show here, and, and now you are Dr. Stephen Kaufman. So congratulations. Yes. And tell me a little bit about your uh, PhD. So five and a half years in the making, man. 
I finally made it through the gauntlet of a dissertation and research. And I completed my psychology PhD in the first quarter of 2019, maybe second quarter of 2019. So got my research published. I'm happy to be done with that. And now moving on to bigger, better things. Obviously, that was a passion of mine. It wasn't something I had to do or needed to do, but I wanted to do it. And learning is my number one hobby. And you know, one of my bucket list items, I think I may have told you, is to spend more on education in a year than all my other expenses combined because I just love learning and applying what I've learned. It's been a great adventure. And yes, I am going by doctor. I earned that degree. I spent five and a half years and a lot of money. Darn right you did. So I'm still using it. Absolutely. And, and just to tease on Stephen a little bit, years ago, he said when he got his PhD and he would go by doctor, he was going to change his name legally to Dr. Pepper. So I'm going to hold you to that. Now it's out there in the World Wide Webs. I'm going to change my name to Stephen Pepper. So people had to call me Dr. Pepper. That's it. Yeah, it's Stephen Pepper. So cool, man. And look, you honored me the first time by coming on for episode one and kickstarting this thing. And at the time, I didn't know if I was even going to hit 50 or 20 shows, let alone coming up on 100. So it's an honor for me to have you. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. To have one. It's been bumps and bruises and ups and downs and everything in between, but it's been a hell of a learning experience to get to touch back on your hobby. And I don't regret it at all. And in fact, we're here today because of the mastermind of yours that I participated in all those years ago. And I remember sitting in that room thinking, you know, I don't know if I really want to go for single family houses anymore, but I know that this lending thing, I kind of distilled it out of that mastermind and knew that I'd kind of go down this path. And so that's here I am. I followed it. Oddly enough, it is real estate related, but it wasn't get uh, 10 houses with 10 grand, you know, quick kind of thing like I thought of it, but it's taken me down this completely unexpected and just wonderfully brilliant path. Thank you for that again. And part of that, that mastermind, some of the things that I picked up was getting you people over the hump. Recently, I quit my job and now I'm a consultant and cool. No more W-2. And it's one of those things like it was, it was such a hard thing to do. But yet looking back, it's like stepping over a little creek. You know, it's like that chasm is never as wide once we're on the other side of it. It's always bigger when it's in front of you. The first thing I wanted to get to, and these are topics I had written down for our last interview that we didn't get to. So that's why I'm hammering these home. But you had a saying that sort of along the lines that faith and fear are the same emotion or the same thing. But the distinction between the two, if you could elaborate on that. Sure. I mean, I think they're both imaginary. They are, fear and faith are both imaginary. They're both in your head. Just faith is fear directed towards something that's positive. And fear is thoughts and emotions that are directed towards something that you think are negative. I know this is the private lender podcast, but I speak a lot about commercial investing. because It's mainly what I do for a living outside of my debt company, ZeusLending.com. That, you know, I do speaking maybe once or twice a year. And when I'm speaking to people, almost always when I get down to it, their biggest issue with starting a commercial investing is that they're afraid. It takes a lot to get them to say that. But once they do, we realize, okay, that's the crux of what the issue is. It isn't that they don't have money or they don't have deals or they don't have credit or they don't know what they're doing. All those things can really be solved. It's that they're just afraid, like you said, that chasm, that gap, that leap. And their faith is fear redirected. And trying to encourage people that are afraid to people who aren't afraid, either go bankrupt or die. People who are afraid, if they're too afraid, either typically just don't take action and they stay in the status quo and they have lots of regrets and they wish life was different, hope life was different. Maybe they take a lot of courses. Maybe they listen to a lot of podcasts, but nothing ever happens. And so there's a certain amount of fear 
that once channeled into faith that this will work and that you just have to trust the universe that this is going to work. You've prepared yourself as much as you can. Those people make magic out of their lives. And a lot of people, once they realize that, they get to experience a whole new life that wasn't going to happen. Sitting in that room in the Houstonian hotel that day and you going through that, and I was like, wait a minute, I need to dismarinate and I need to digest this a little more because, yeah, I think that's what holds most of us back at the end of the day is some people say, oh, is that negative thought my parents put in my head? No, that's part of it. Yeah, but it's going beyond it. Like you said, putting faith in the universe and saying, you know what? In my case, and whether it be private lending or my first horrible landlord deal, it was push, keep pushing until I got to the other side and say, okay, I've done it. Fear as a roadblock is negative. Fear as buoys that help direct you, are, it's very powerful. You want to have some fear. A healthy amount of fear keeps you making good decisions. It's the fear that's a roadblock in front of you that doesn't let you move forward. That's what I would call a very dangerous type of fear. And that it's dangerous. It's almost as dangerous as having no fear at all because it keeps you in a life that you really don't want to live, keeps you regretting or wanting things that you could or should have, but you don't because you won't take action. Boom. Nugget right there. Print it. <laughs> that was easier than I thought. Okay, thanks. I love that. Yeah, no, that was one of the things that, and you're right, you made the distinction of commercial or your debt company, for example, which is how I met you, Zeus Mortgage, uh, way back when. And one thing that I've noticed in engaging with people is that everyone still thinks that I private lend to everybody. And I'm like, no, a private lender is someone that you know, that's in your circle that you borrow from. It's, you know, I'm not a hard money lender. I mean, that's a business and that's fine. If you want to be in the business of hard money lending, I would follow your example. I would suggest people follow your example with Zeus Mortgage. However, with the, the private lending, that is, I don't loan to strangers. So I'm having to, re, I have to be conscious of my brand, basically, in telling people what it is that the private lender podcast is about and, and so on and so forth. So I like that distinction that you made. I'm glad you brought that up because this is realtors called pocket deals. You know, this is, hey, I got a lender over here. This guy's looking, he wants to get into some multifamily or whatever. And that's the whole process of it. And then to educate people, because unfortunately with the hundred episodes, I've had some people, well, fortunately for me, they shared their horror stories. What went wrong? For example, loaning all the money without holding anything in escrow for repair. So then you essentially paid retail for a house that still needs a rehab. <laughs> you know, at, at that point, but getting into pushing people into that first lending. Most of these people are going to have day jobs or commuting. They're listening to this, or if they're smart, they're probably on a treadmill. I would be in the car, not on the treadmill. Unfortunately, you, sir, I've, I've seen doing the push-up thing, a handstand thing. So I know you're in good shape. We're going to zoom into someone, whoever's driving right now, listening, get them over their hump to get them to take action. What can you offer in your own words before we talk about that drug problem of yours? So how do we get over the hump? Okay, first of all, that's how bad rumors get started. <laughs> but the answer to getting over the hump to taking action is, in my experience, this is going to sound a little too simple, but if you're a person of integrity, and if we define integrity as honoring your word, success overall is pretty simple. And this is going to land really in a way that will sound overly simplistic. And just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. That if integrity is honoring your word, then success is simply making commitments in the direction you want your life to go and honoring your word or having integrity about what you say. So for someone who's driving the car on the treadmill, and by the way, I love listening to podcasts while I'm walking or on a treadmill or exercising. I feel like it's cheating the universe. I feel like I'm getting two things at, at once. I, I think like it's like I'm hacking the universe when I'm doing stuff like that, but 
So I definitely encourage that. And, you know, someone's driving right now on the treadmill right now and they're, they're struggling on making their first private loan or they're struggling on doing their first commercial investment, their first investment period. To me, the answer is make an agreement or commitment to do something in some area, like go find a certain amount of prospects that you can lend to or perfect your underwriting or ask someone how you, they should underwrite a loan or tune into some of your calls. Makes commitments in the direction that they want to go and then just honor their commitments. It's pretty simple. So if you want to make get a commercial deal, if you want to do a commercial, I'll speak to a commercial transaction because it's more what I talk about. If you want to invest in an apartment complex, which everyone says they want to do, but most don't, if you want to invest in a commercial uh, multifamily deal, set commitments in the direction of doing that and just honor your commitments. Just have some integrity with what you said. And look, we all cheat integrity to ourselves the most. We're, a lot of people are more likely to be on time to a meeting with somebody else than they are to be on time to a meeting to go work out or to go do this or go do that or take care of themselves. But this is the one area where if you're asking how do you, what's that first step to get people from moving beyond their fear? Honor your word to yourself. It does come off as simplistic, but it's, uh, I was just listening to a podcast, as you say, and that was what they found were people were not being accountable to themselves. They had integrity that you said to other people. They were there for their parents or their sister or whoever needed help. They were there. And yet when it came to fulfilling their dreams or their desires, they completely took a backseat and did not show that same integrity and devotion and accountability to themselves. Yeah, lovely. You said it better than I did. You know the only difference between a, a circus and a zoo? Both of them have animals. The only difference between a circus and a zoo is a ringleader. A ringleader, yeah. And in your life, you're the ringleader. And if you don't honor your word to yourself and your commitments to yourself and take care of the ringleader, your life looks like a zoo. Oh, this is why I get these guys on the show, people. This is like Stephen. Break it down. Like you said, just because it's simple, it may not be easy no. to take action. You know, it's, hey, look, case in point, it's not easy to get your butt up at 5 a.m. and get into the gym. I can tell you how easy it's, it is to stay in bed and <laughs> it's, yeah. but I really, I really like that, that touching on the integrity to yourself and keeping your word. And so now that we've started a vicious rumor over the internet, that you have a drug problem would, would you please go back to the story? How, for those of you who don't know, Dr. Stephen Calvin was born in New York, New York city, but came down to Texas at an early age. And um, I'll just let you take it over from. Okay, sure. I'll tell this succinctly. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, not New York City. Sorry, apologize. That's okay, no problem. My grandmother, my bubby, she had cancer when I was five years old, and so my parents loaded up five kids and two adults in a Malibu classic car, a mid-sized sedan with all of our belongings in the trunk, and we thought we would be in Houston for only about six months to a year while my grandmother was having chemo treatment for her stomach cancer. But after being here a few months, my grandmother passed away. My parents couldn't afford to drive back to New York to get our belongings, which were then lost. And we ended up having to find rent as cheap as possible. And we did in a trailer park in a city that no one had ever heard of in my family called Baytown, Texas, where we paid, I think, $125 a month for rent because it was all my parents could afford. And I grew up there. I'm one of five siblings the youngest of five, and my four older siblings all dropped out of high school. And when I was in the ninth grade, I did what they did, which is I dropped out of high school in the ninth grade to go to work. That's what everybody in my family did. That's what I did. It wasn't a big deal. My mother didn't even think twice about doing it because that was just what we did in our trailer park. And it was time to go to work. And so I went to work. Then two or three years later, I was 17 years old. I was sitting in a trailer with a bunch of guys in the middle of the day. I just happened to be off. 
I'll never forget the day. And sometimes I get emotional about it. So I could get emotional about it now, but I'll never forget the day because everyone was smoking cigarettes and weed and the air was so thick. My mouth was, you know, I can feel it right now. My mouth, it was super dry. There's a guy over my left shoulder who was like coughing so badly because he had been smoking so much. And you can smell the stale beer that was just everywhere in this trailer. And I can still feel like the crushed beer cans underneath my feet where they've just been left there inside someone's house or trailer. And I looked around and I realized that my life was probably never going to change this trajectory, that I'm going to live just like my siblings have lived, my parents have lived, just like all these guys, young and older living, and I'm not going to be able to outwork them. I was working really hard. I'd saved up some money, but I was, this was going to be something that I was, gonna, I was never going to leave this place unless I did something nobody else here was willing to do. It wasn't going to be the military because a lot of them were in the military and came back, including my family. Now. So what could I do that would change the trajectory of my life? And that is when I say I became addicted to drugs. I started dragging myself to school immediately and getting an education. And I drug myself to work and I drug myself to the gym. And I started having this certain amount of discipline knowing that if I'm going to change the trajectory of my life, it's going to have to start with education. And to me, education is freedom. And I believe that people are fighting mostly for freedom. If I ask people why they're going to lend money in a, on a private loan or why they're in business or why they're doing anything they're doing, I think it comes down first. Most people won't say freedom at first, but what they'll probably say if we go a couple levels deeper will be that they want to make themselves proud. They want to make their kids proud or give their kids a better life or their spouse a better life and give, make their parents proud, live, alive or dead. And like I said, they want to make themselves proud. But then when you dig below that another level, you realize that what people are really after is a freedom from those feelings, a freedom of knowing that they don't have to make anybody else proud, that they just have done it. Almost a peace of mind is what people are after. And I believe that education, knowing what you're doing, if you know all the answers, you'll never will. But if you have enough education about something, like if you know how to make macaroni and cheese, bad metaphor here, but if you know how to make macaroni and cheese, you have no fear about making macaroni and cheese. And you have total peace of mind about making it. And I think that's what people are about in life. And I think that that starts with education. And so listening to podcasts, getting formal education, paying people to train them, all of those things. And so I've been doing that for my entire adult life. I equate education with security and success. Now, there are people who take classes after class after class who don't ever implement anything. That's not what I'm talking about. Being addicted to drugs, meaning I drag myself to do things, even when I don't want to do them, that's the key part. You can drag yourself to a class, but if you don't drag yourself to ever implement anything you learn, or you can drag yourself to listen to a podcast, but if you don't ever drag yourself to go make a loan or talk to take the first steps alone, it's, you know, the podcast is great. Keith wants you to keep listening, but they're really beyond that. It doesn't give you any personal benefit. And so the answer to, for me, and I said it in the very beginning that learning is my number one hobby that relates to education. And the reason why is because it gives me peace of mind. I'm learning about myself and the older I get, the more I'm discovering about myself and what I don't know, I didn't know about myself, but also mainly in business. I know that education is the key to being successful. It's still one of my favorite stories anyone's ever told me. And, and, and you cleaned it up a bit, uh, <laughs> made it a little more G-rated. I don't know your audience anymore, man. <laughs> yeah, so, no, it's fine. But yeah, no, that was the whole thing about, you know, drug problems. Yeah, you, you know, you drug yourself up at 6 a.m. Like that next day, it was like, okay, I need to get a GED. I need to get that high school equivalency. 
Then the next was, uh, you know, you went to drug, got yourself out of bed, you know, drug yourself to U of H, got enrolled at University of Houston, got your degree. And then, I mean, it just keeps snowballing. You get a master's degree and now a PhD. And what are we going to call you in, in the next five years? Call me anything you want, as long as you call me, man. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> well played, well played. Well, great. Look, I'm glad we got those stories down. I wanted you to tell them to the audience. I, I appreciate yeah, I can't say thank you enough for um, all that um, I've learned from you. And those classes are, I remember you had a, an alarm clock. Every hour, your MacBook would say, it's one o'clock. Yeah. And without missing a beat, you would treat it, you would humanize it, you know, and be like, okay, if you take the LTV, it's one o'clock. Thank you. Take your LTV. And you know, it was like, and I started noticing, like, I'm not going to lie. I was like, I was like, this guy's kind of quirky, but it works. You know, like it, he gets so much stuff done, you know, and I look at my to-do list the end of the day and then i look at you know someone like yours and, and you're not you haven't even broken a sweat and you're like all right let's go hit the gym or whatever and it's like i was like wow so that was for me i, I mean the reason why you and i are speaking today on episode 100 my friend is because i've been standing on your shoulders so thank you oh that's moving man thank you yeah and i do want to have you back on sometime soon especially i want to talk about your crowdfunding and all the success you're having over at um, zeus equity group Thank you. Yeah, I wish you all the best, and I look forward to having you on. And I'm not going to wait 100 episodes, but hopefully soon. You, I'm available when you are. Absolutely. I, those are things I love talking about. So it's like being an artist and you asking me to talk about my art. Of course, I'll talk about it. And I'm glad that you look at the money and the financing as an art. I love that. Yeah, well, it's one of the ways I can justify in my personal life working so hard on it. Because if I was an artist, people would think, oh, he's so passionate and you know, so handsome. Look at him. He's an amazing Renaissance man. He's painting all these canvases. Well, in essence, I am. It's just I'm doing it either on a calculator or, you know, on a property. One property at a time. Yeah, exactly. It is an art for sure. Excellent. Well, Stephen, thank you again, my friend. Thank you for coming on episode 100. Let's go pop some champagne. Love it. Thanks for putting me, man. Yeah, all the best, man. Okay, I'll see you, brother. Take care. All right, everyone, that's going to do it for episode 100. Again, I want to thank you for sharing your ear and your time with me today and for celebrating this momentous episode for me. It's a personal achievement, and it might be bragging, whatever, but I'm proud of it, and I'm glad you're listening to it. I intrinsically know that if you listen to this episode, then you found value in today's interview with Stephen Kaufman, and it would mean the world, and I do mean the world, thank you, Gary Vee, to me. The world to me. It would mean the world to me if you could help me spread the word about this podcast, get it out there and increase awareness for the Private Lender Podcast. And you can do that by leaving me an honest rating and review over at iTunes, Google Podcast, or whatever platform you're using to hear my voice right now. That's the best way you can help contribute to this show, and I would greatly appreciate it. But with this episode, I'm going to ask you to go a little bit further and connect with me on social media and really push it out there. Forward this, put it in groups and just say, you know what? Lie for me if you have to and say it's an interesting thing, interesting podcast. That you learn something, but I say that in jest, but I know that you're not going to have to lie. You can rest assured that I might not always be on the up and up and I'm going to fail. I'm human just like everyone else, but I'm going to bring you the good stuff. And Dr. Stephen Pepper Kaufman <laughs> is uh, definitely the good stuff. So please go out there, you know, go to the show notes page, privatelenderpodcast.com. This will be, of course, episode 100 and spread the news. You know what? In fact, do me a favor, a distinct favor, and send this to somebody that you really don't like. You're friends with them on Facebook. Just send it to somebody you don't like. Let's see what happens. I would greatly appreciate it. Send it to your friends that you do like, you know, and that you think that would find good value or people that you're trying to 
create or turn into private lenders for your deals. Send it to people that you don't like, but for some weird moral reason, you feel like you need to interact with them. I'd be eternally grateful if you could do that for me. Look, it's time I need to sign off, but I want to thank you for listening. Everyone to stay indoors, don't spread the virus. But look, this pandemic, it's our first, so we're all learning. Let's all have a little bit of uh, patience for everyone around us. That means your kids, your spouse, your parents, your in-laws, your uncle, your deadbeat brother-in-law who doesn't do who's done nothing but sit on the couch for the last 20 years, but all of a sudden now he's saving the world. Anyway, I'm going down a rabbit hole here. Look, I've got a date with a 21-year-old dram of single malt, 100 episodes, baby. I may not deserve that dram, but God damn it, I've earned it with 100 episodes. So I'm going to sign off now. I hope you stay safe. And I wish y'all, all all y'all, safe and prosperous private lending. Stay indoors and avoid the virus. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Take care, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Private Lender Podcast with your host, Keith Baker. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit privatelenderpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time.